We're coming down towards the final stretch of our Women's National League series podcasts. Delighted to be joined today by Shelburne goalkeeper Rachel Kelly. Rachel, thanks for coming along. No problem. Thanks for having me. We're not too far away from the season now. It's We're finally getting the light at the end of the tunnel. You looking forward to it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just the way it stopped before we were about to start our first league match. And it was another few months and finally we're getting we're getting to play again. You've been back playing some pre-season friendlies in, week, in recent days and weeks. How's that been for you? Um, good. I think we're learning a lot about each other, playing and stuff like that. Um, first match wasn't the greatest, but it was just getting back into it, really. The one thing they always say, like especially when things like this, you'd have peaked for, you'd have peaked for, for, for March. So you say you're learning a lot about yourself. Is that just, in, in terms of the squad, is that just playing together, being together more, or is that because a lot of younger players in the team? Um, I think it's a bit, of, it's a mix of both, really. It's just playing together again, because, I mean, you can train as much as you want, but there's nothing like match fitness, and then just getting the squad back together and gelling, really. Like, I think last year in particular was probably, while you didn't win the league, it was a good year, because you had a lot of younger players in that shell side, and I think winning the, uh, the League Cup was probably the best thing to happen to the side, because the younger players would have taken an awful lot from that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, winning the League Cup um, really gets the team a lot of confidence, especially like the young players. Uh, like, really let them play and just enjoy it. Like, that's, that's the whole thing about football. It's all about enjoying it at this stage, especially as you come through the ranks. Like, you've had to bide your opportunity to get a chance at the number one jersey. So, you really want to enjoy it and really relish it now. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, when you get good results against big teams, like, Last year, we did have some good results against P. Milton that it really did boost the team and you could see it coming through towards the end of the season. Yeah, no, de- no, definitely. But how did you progress on this season in terms of you personally as a player? Because last season, you would have went from not playing a lot of games to all of a sudden being thrown into the deep end where you're playing week in, week out. How do you feel you progressed? Um, yeah, it was a bit of a shock, really, because like in the middle of the season, I wasn't expecting it as much. But um, no, I thought... That I just kind of really enjoyed it and I mean the senior girls like Pearl and Rachel that really helped me to just settle in and just um, relax about the matches They always say in, in our league in particular they always say small goalkeepers a lot of goalkeepers are tiny in size you don't really let that affect you I remember watching you a couple of times where you, you pluck a balls out of top corner and you're just looking at you saying how is that even possible? <laughs> yeah there's always there's always something about the height there definitely is but I mean like that's what I've worked a lot on because um, height used to be an issue in that. So I've just kind of worked on getting the spring and stuff in so that no one could kind of say, oh, well, she's too small and stuff like that. You must have got that your whole life, though, did you? Playing football. Oh, yeah, you? definitely. <laughs> but like even in terms of things like position and stuff like that, that's where it's probably for the smaller goalkeepers, it's even more important that you're, you're alert, you're agile, because that gives you that one, two second advantage that you maybe don't have because the extra couple, the extra height even. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I mean, especially this uh, pre-season, this end of it, it's a lot of positioning work and stuff like that, just to make sure that you don't get beaten by balls that you might say taller goalkeepers and stuff might be able to get. And obviously, first game of the season, you have a home game as well. It's obviously nice to start at home, isn't it? Oh, definitely, yeah. Just obviously, we will have restrictions still in place and things like that. Did you think we'd have football this year? No, when we were in the middle of lockdown, I was really losing hope that 
we'd have to just put football aside for the year and we'd just be training and stuff. So I'm delighted to be actually back playing, but uh, the restrictions aren't too bad now. So hopefully we get back. But like even even things like you've missed out on quite a lot as we were speaking before we started the interview. It was your last year on the 19s. I think quite a lot of that squad will now be finished. Like you made your mark this year when you come in in the first round of first round of games, and you had you had some good performances. And you know to to be looking to going away to the Czech Republic and then all of a sudden that's gone. It's not even going to be rearranged. You're under underage international career is now over. It must be a sad. While it's great to have league uh, women's national league coming back, it must be sad that you're losing out on that that section because no doubt everybody always looks at. Playing underage football for Ireland as as something that they they learned a lot, they built a lot of friends from as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just the way it ended. Like we were just home from our bay in our uh, friendly before Czech Republic, and it was just kind of two weeks after we kind of got notice from UEFA that it was just finished and that was us done. Just kind of put aside. So it was sad in that way because we never got the whole. Well, it's going. This is going to be the end and stuff like that. It was quite a, quite a lot of us. Didn't even quite a lot of that you know are leaving the team. Like you look at someone like the likes of Megan Mackey didn't get to play in the original first qualifying phase even because of college commitments. Didn't you know missing out on the elite? It's it's a, it's a sad year all around. It's a disappointing that they potentially couldn't have even rearranged it for maybe even September October just to give you that opportunity. Yeah, I know. It's just um, we were still hoping that even after told us cancelled, we were still hoping that they were going to give us that chance just because it was. Um, our last year, and like you said, Megan didn't get to play. Uh, there was a seat as well. She was over in the States. There was a few of the girls that never got to actually play because they were waiting for the elites. So in that way, it is uh, very sad, yeah. Like when you come back from Marbella, you probably wouldn't have thought that this is all going to blow up like that. No, definitely not. We were coming back from Marbella and um, Corona had only hit Ireland, so it wasn't too big of a deal. But then obviously a few weeks later, then that was it. Like I remember talking to Neil Fahey and she said, uh, Neil Farley, sorry, and she said to me, uh, they come just come, the seniors had just come back from Montenegro and all of a sudden the phone their phones start blowing up. It was the day the colleges were all closed. And no one everybody thought, okay, it's just gonna be a short little blip. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. I don't think we any, any of us really expected to to have such a, a long break. I know. Um no, I definitely didn't expect it either. I was um we were coming back and I had a fast the next day and we were literally in one day and they said, That's it, we have to close now and we were like, What? Well, yeah, about four months later, and we're still doing online stuff. Even as you speak about the FOSS course, that FOSS course, a lot of women's National League players, not even women's National League, League of Ireland players have done that course as well. Everybody who does it seems to say it's a it's a massive benefit. Oh, it definitely is, especially for uh, us as girls training with the boys and stuff like that. Like, it definitely is um, a good benefit. And where did you, where were you based doing, doing the course? Just in Irish town in Rings End. See, like the amount of people that that you see doing that, like they all then event most of the, especially the women's players, then go on to either play well in the national league or go on to have to go to college and stuff like that. Was it your plan just to take a year out before and potentially going to college, or how did the course come about, even for you? Yeah, originally it was just take the year out and then um, enjoy it because I was still thinking of my teams and that, like getting the training in and uh, training with the boys. But yeah, my plan is now to just get the qualifications and see where I end up really. But still, I suppose yeah. you're still young. You look at some of the older players in the league who've gone back to college at a slightly older age. I take take it though for you in terms of were you working with any goalkeepers on that course or were you the only keeper on the course? And I was working with there was three other goalkeepers as well. So 
it was so great in that you way. Got, you got kept busy and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And right. We had a goalkeeping coach and stuff like that, so it was good. Oh, that's that's even better. But like you look at some yeah. of the qualifications, you you'll come out with things like that. You get the the personal training stuff. You get what's the one the coaching one the the lower coaching badges from the FAI as well. So you started on your yeah. on your trend towards even progressing up the football coaching ladder, even though you're so young. I know, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's they're the bonus parts to it. The PDP one and two, and then the, obviously the gym instruction stuff, which I've realised that like. I do enjoy the gym instruction part of it, so maybe I'll go into some sort of aspect in that way. And how did you find training over lockdown? Did you were you able to do much yourself? Because obviously, you know, with goalkeepers, you, you need other people there with you to help you. It's not like you can just go and kick a ball against the wall, really, and catch it. There's only so much of things like that you can do. Yeah, it was it was hard now to get a routine in and stuff, and trying to get other people with me. But eventually, I found a way to just get the training in and. It was getting harder towards the end because, you know, doing the same thing over and over again. I was like, oh, here we go. And would there be any, would there be any, any of the girls local to you who you could have even gone running with or things like that or was it all by yourself? And I was just mostly by myself or I'd have family or stuff with me. There's no one really local, yeah. It's a tough one in terms of, because it's always nice to have players. Everybody says, if you have a teammate who can go with you or do something like that, it, always, it makes it easier. But having family on the other side is great. Talk to me now, obviously, with the season ahead, what sort of ambitions have you set yourself this year? Um, well, as a team, we want to just progress and try and, try, well, take each game as they come and try and win and, you know, hopefully get this um, the title under our belt this year because we came so close two years in a row now. So we're hoping that we finally um, put our name back onto it. And you, on a, on a personal level, have you set yourself personal goals or is it just take it game by game, work hard by each day, each day? Yeah, it's just game by game, training session by training session, just working hard, improving, and then hopefully it turns out into the matches and we get big results, which will look back at me being like, all right, she's okay then. <laughs> but in terms, of being, in terms of being the number one keeper at Shells now, like things like that, you're now the one who, who's the hunted rather than being the one who's, who's hunting. So it means you have to step up. At you your performances have to be spot on. Does that give, does that put extra pressure, or does that? How does that work with, with in terms of yourself? How do you how do you find things like that? Yeah, no, it does. It always has extra pressure. Um, but at the same time, I enjoy the pressure of right. You have to go here and do well every game, not just once in a blue moon when you might get thrown in like that. Because it must be it must be difficult, especially when you were just thrown in for the odd game here or there, because. You may you may may have an excellent game and you don't know when the next perform next opportunity potentially is going to come. Yeah, no, it was hard like that, but Dave was always um fair and he gave you your opportunity and stuff like that. But no, it was hard to be like if I'm playing next week or not or stuff like that. Like we were, we talked a little bit about our off air and it was one thing that I did want to discuss. Like you you from a young age you've always been around the Shells team. You were around them when you were in the Champions League, although you couldn't be involved due to just being slightly too young. You always had that opportunity to be around them. Coaches have always brought you in to, to be amongst the group, and I've, that's one thing that I've noticed quite a bit with the shells. Whether players are maybe not aren't on the bench if they're, if they're too young, you always have one or two younger players hanging around the squad in terms of coming to games, doing preparation stuff with them. That must you must learn a lot, even when you can't play at that such a young age that you're around players like that because the several internationals at that stage you would have had the likes of Roman McLaughlin. You know, there's, there's quality players all the, all the way, all through the park, and 
you learn a lot off the likes of them. Yeah, like I was 15 going up training with the senior side and I remember going up my first training session and I was so scared because I knew like all the big names were up there and stuff like that. But no, I definitely learned a lot from even that age that like the girls like didn't hold back as in they expected you to be up and going. So you kind of put that pressure on yourself being like, yeah, no, I have to do well in this training session and stuff like that. So right from the get-go, they te- you're te- they're teaching you things, especially around the place and you know, I've definitely learned a lot from from the older girls. Like you've some you've some absolutely superb role models on Shelburne, people like Parent Slattery, absolute wealth of knowledge. Like there is there's, yeah, there's definitely, definitely loads yeah. of role models there for you to learn off. And how do you find, say, approaching them to talk football stuff like that? Was it hard at the start? Uh, at the start, I was more so scared, but like not at all anymore I, I mean like you can approach the girls with anything and they'd be more than well uh, like welcome to talk about it or whatever or whatever you need especially her and her she's great she's a great captain and stuff like that in that way yeah no she always leads from the front even if you read if, yeah, if anybody's read the article she, she done the other week with the 42.0 Emma Duffy like you can just see her, she's oozing her passion for football like people like that are sort of sort of people that we want around our football clubs. But like you're not even just talking about the likes of Pearl. You you've other great influences there who've won leagues left, right, and centre. So like in terms of shells itself, obviously last year was Dave's first year. So a lot of players wouldn't have worked with Dave before. You would have had a little bit of experience with him with the actually that, would Dave have been there with you with under seventeens or would it call him? Yeah, under seventeens. No, uh, my first year of under seventeens. Yeah, I was under Dave. That was the year you just got to the to the to the Euros as well. Yeah, the finals. Yeah. Like you've had some great experiences football wise and things like that. Like, how high do you yeah, say? No, Go on. Definitely. Um, I mean, even at that age, that Dave gave me the chance to play against Holland and stuff in the European final. So that was that was a match in itself and like an experience that I'll always have. But um, hopefully, I can progress and have more experiences and bigger opportunities. That was only my next question. How high, how high can you set the bar? Obviously, you you say take it one training session, one game at a, a time. But seeing what other goalkeepers have done in the league, surely the ambition has to be over the next couple of years to keep progressing and hopefully get an Ireland senior call up. Yeah, I mean that would be the total like ambition and dream to get up there and get a, an Ireland call up. But at the same time, I don't want to put um, you know, I just want to keep it game by game, and if the if the performances are good, then you'll get your opportunity. Like even even the opportunity, even if it isn't a call up, there's opportunities always for things like home based sessions where you'll train with some of the other girls as well. So you, you, there's always chances to learn within the Irish setup. But a lot of people say that you have to go abroad to maximise potential. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's just about being consistent. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there is. A, I know a lot of girls have gone abroad and they love it and stuff. But there's also girls that have stayed here and they they're just up there with them and. It's just being consistent and having the right mindset to go and get what you want, really. Talk to me a little bit about family-wise. We obviously, with women's football, families are very supportive. How supportive would the Kelly family be? Would they be out at every game with you? And if you're in big games, will they have the banners and all out? (laughs) Wouldn't go as far as the banners, but they'd definitely be there. And you'd definitely be able to hear my mum as well. <laughs> that that must be great. Like, like having family support. Everybody says family support in football is is probably the most important thing because if it doesn't go well for you on the day, you always have someone to come back to to put an arm around you and to say it's always the next day. 
Oh, definitely. I mean, there's many matches where my man's have had to just give me a hug and be like, look, there's another match done and why you're beating yourself up over this for. And, and I mean, without them, it would. I think the experience wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be the same without them. I'd say if you ask your, master, your mother or father, they'd probably say that driving you to training sessions, it's all worth it in the long run when they do see you play on the field, especially at this level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they might have an L moan now and again about bringing you, but they, they do. They love, they love doing it deep down. I'm not going to keep it too much longer, but I just want to discuss thing. Um, the league structure this year, it's a little bit shorter, a little bit more compact. It's going yeah. to be held a skelter. One, maybe two bad results, and your league title, I hope, is nearly over. I know. I mean, that's, um, that's the only thing. I mean, there's not much room for errors or slipping up or stuff like that, especially in a big games. So, I mean, maybe it'll work better for us that it's consistently big matches and we have to win and we have to get the three points and stuff like that. Because a lot of people said last year you were miles off the pace because you were at one stage you were a good bit back. But the consistency towards the second half of the season just saw you go up and up and up. And eventually it was only a couple of points in the league. Like I don't think people realise that just because at one stage you were so far back that you went, where other teams slipped up in the second half of the season, Shells kept that consistency. And I think that's probably going to be one of the key things for, for this season. And I'm sure David will probably be driving that home to you. It start well and keep going. There's no, no, no stopping in the middle. Yeah, I mean, last year, like you said, we had a few draws and a few losses and stuff that set us back. But we know that, like, towards the end of the season, we were starting to get, um, like, flown again. So we know that we have to start this season off well or else we'll be left behind. Oh, absolutely. And obviously, this year this year as well, some of the younger players, yourself included, they've all had the extra year again. So there's going to be another massive improvement from the standard in the league is going to continue to rise, especially as we do get more and more ex- exceptional players coming through. Because you just look at, for example, on the Shelburne side, you have players like Emily Wheel and Jess Zoo, you know, and then that's only just naming Shelburne. Then you can go to other clubs and there's even more. So the younger players coming through, it's all just going to keep driving standards, isn't it? Yeah, no, definitely will. I mean, like you said, that was just shells that you named two fantastic players. Like you could go on to every team in the league and name them. So it's good to see each year that it is improving and it's getting better and the standard is really there. So I think this year is going to be a really good year for football in the league. Like you, you were one of the first to come through the under-17s league. That's been a massive, massive help for the League of Ireland, especially because it means that younger players don't necessarily have to jump at 16 straight into the Women's National League. That's that extra year there. Like obviously you won the first title with Shelburne. So like, that gave you the extra time, whereas you were in and around the first team, but you weren't playing. That gave you the opportunity to play week in, week out, and that's probably become very valuable for younger players, is it? Yeah, I think without the under seventeens league, it would have been nearly too big of a step for it to go straight from 16s up to senior because, I mean, you're still developing and stuff like that. So the under seventeens league has definitely um, developed players and made them ready for the first team setup. Last thing, last thing I'm going to ask you, and I've asked a couple of people about this, and I'm sure you're probably going to give me the simple, the simple player's answer. The cup final not being at the Aviva this year, every player seems to say they don't care, they just want to play in the cup final. They don't, although they'd like to be at the Aviva. What's your thoughts on that, on a, being in Tallah Stadium rather than the Aviva? I mean, it's still a, it's still a big stadium. Uh, Women's National League play there, like our first in Ireland. 
So it is unfortunate I wouldn't be in the Aviva, but like you said, just playing in the cup final is an experience in itself. So once it's played, I think that's the main thing. Absolutely, I totally agree with you. Final point, Rachel. Rachel, thank you very much for your time. Do appreciate it. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you.